if I've got, I don't know, maybe five or 10 minutes and I want a quick release, you know the kind, I know the exact toy that'll do the trick. Or I know the exact friction and rhythm to deliver with my hands in order to do it too. But if I want to slow things way down for a totally different experience, when I'm not in a rush, when I can spend some true quality time with myself, there's some very specific accessories that I like to grab. Sometimes I blindfold myself or I dim the lights really low. Sometimes I use a feather up and down my arms while vibey music plays in the background. Sometimes I get as much of my body involved as I possibly can. I run my hands through my hair, down my face, and I let my fingers dance all over the surface of my skin. I put pressure on my inner thighs. I take my sweet time seducing myself before ever touching my genitals. And when I'm properly warmed up and efficiently lubed up, one of my favorite new bedroom accessories to reach for is the Oh My C from Ioba. I'm not sure what mechanism is in this thing, but the toy has a little nub that rotates at different speeds, so it mimics the sensation of being orally stimulated. It's nice, it's light, and it's quiet. Sometimes the sounds of my toys can actually take me out of my experience, so a softer, quieter toy is incredibly appreciated. I make sure to take deep breaths as I let the pleasure and sensation build, breathing it throughout my body, and when the time is just right, I pick up the speed of the rotation and I ride a full body wave of ecstasy. This is one of many acts of devotion I choose to regularly deliver to myself. And it's not about what my partner can or cannot give to me. It's about taking time to be with myself in my pleasure, doing anything and everything that feels good for me. If you're looking for a quiet, high-quality, beginner-friendly, super-cute vibe that doesn't actually vibe too hard, my personal recommendation is the Oh My See from Ioba. See the show notes for details and a discount. I'm Alexa, also known as That Sex Chick. And if you haven't guessed it by now, I love talking about sex. Not only talking about it, but I'm obsessed with helping you create an epic sex life while cultivating deeply fulfilling relationships. There's so much more to the conversation than just the act of sex itself, which is why I created this podcast. You can expect this show to be packed with resources, advice, experts, and everyday people talking about how they have created the best sex and love lives for them. If you are ready to take responsibility for your pleasure, then you are in the right place. Now, let's go talk sex, shall we? This is a Soulfire production. Hello, my love. Joining me on the show today is the one and only Whitney Miller. Whitney is a sex, love, and relationship coach. She also happens to be the co-host of the podcast, True Sex and Wild Love, alongside Wednesday Martin, who wrote a book called Untrue. It's probably one of my most, if not my most recommended book, especially for women who are looking to learn more about themselves and express themselves more. And the True Sex and Wild Love podcast, I absolutely love it. I would say if you're a fan of this show, you'd probably like their show too. So check it out. And on today's episode with Whitney, what are we digging into? We are getting into unconventional relationships. We're talking about breakups, rebounds, the importance of having great friends. And we're talking about all the lessons that can be learned 
through heartbreak. Oof. And it's some good ones. We're also going to be talking about how to do all of that publicly. Ouch. I can only imagine what it would be like to go through a very public breakup after deciding to live a very public, unconventional relationship. This episode is juicy as fuck. It's real as fuck. And I'm happy to say that in having this conversation with Whitney, I found a new friend. So fellow Austinite here. So anyway, loves, I hope that y'all enjoy the show. Whitney Miller, Wit in Love. How you doing? Oh my gosh, I'm doing so great. Thank you. Happy to be with you this morning. This is a great way to start off. What is it? Friday or a beautiful day here in Austin. So yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm so happy that we can actually say a beautiful day in Austin and not an absolutely scorching hot day. So the time of this recording, it is fall, which is what we went through that torturous summer for. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. You know, though, I do feel as though other summers have been hotter, you know, I'll take it. I'll take where I can get it. And maybe that was just because I spent a lot of time in the air condition inside away from (laughs) things because of COVID. I don't know. Yeah. Sorry. My dog is just, she, for some reason, never chews this bone ever in the history of her entire life (laughs) right now. Well, you know, I told you as we were getting on, I was like, I just had to shoe little is my French bulldog name. I was like, if I let her in here, she's going to curl into a ball and literally snore like an old fat man. (laughs) It's incredible that a little tiny thing can make that much noise. It's beyond me. So um, I want to jump right on into hearing about your story. Um, I've heard it through. Well, actually, I'll just I'll share how you first got on my radar. I've been in sex, love, and relationships, this space. And I've been coaching for, I'm going on four years now. And I remember at one point having a lot of conversations before I I was in the relationship that I'm in with now with my partner, Jordan, I was seeing three people at one time and all of them were in different places. So very salogamy, which Mm -hmm. sounds like salami. So I don't really like to say that word, no solo poly, something like that. But I had three people that I was maintaining relationships with and they were all in different parts of the world because I was traveling a lot. And I, before I was even into coaching or anything like that, I would get a lot of questions like, how are you doing that? And what's that like? And all that, because everybody knew about each other and all this. And I remember at one stage looking it up, looking up resources for people that would ask me. And I think I found first maybe a podcast between you and Aubrey And then I, at some point, it led me to some resource that was on a site. And I remember just saying, if you have questions, follow these people. Like they are doing it very publicly. They sound very wise. (laughs) Wow, that's awesome. Thank you for that. This had to have been maybe four years ago, right, right at the time when I was just on the cusp of, I think I'm getting enough questions to do this in a more professional way. So anyway, um, just to share that. I thought you might appreciate the fact that I like found some like open relationship resource book. I don't even remember what it was. Yeah, it was probably our PDF that we wrote that we're yeah. like, here's all of the questions that we've been getting. And we're just going to put in this PDF. If you can't, if you can't coach with me specifically, if that's not in alignment with you, just take this. This will give you some insight into what you're feeling, what's going on, what to look out for. I think that's probably what it was. 
Yeah. And it was awesome. And so thank you for all of that. That helped me on my journey a lot as far as like giving it to other people. And I'm like, here here you go. It's nice and a nice package and it's pretty. Um, So since then, life has changed for you. I mean, you were very, from what I gather, very public and open, just living your life as an influencer. And I think it was like a kickboxing was big in your life and all of that. So living very forward facing, but sex, love and relationships wasn't the thing. I think at the beginning when you started this whole journey and now it's very much, you know, you have true sex and wild love your podcast with Wednesday Martin, which untrue is probably my most recommended book. It used to be sex at dawn. And I was like, who has time for a 22 hour audio? So (laughs) here's untrue. I was like, wow. Okay. This is my favorite book on the planet. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. host. Absolutely. So, um, I would love to give you some space to, to talk a bit about the journey into what you are doing now, which is very colorful. And I mean, as a person who's also in the space and like kudos, cause there, in my opinion, needs to be like a million more of us mm-hmm. that are on that are crusading for true sex and wild love. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It's been, it's been so much fun and it's definitely been, as you said, life happens. Um, and I, when I look back at my life, I almost feel like I lived different lives. I've lived like five or six lives and I'm 31 now. And it's just like, I'm that type of person that wants to do and experience and taste and feel and know what that's like and not be wondering what if, or taking someone else's word for it. I'm like, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to see how that feels, you know, and then be able to like act from that place. So that's kind of what my life has, has been like, you know, I, like you said, I was in kickboxing. I was a kickboxing commentator. Um, prior to that, I was Miss United States and that was a whole other world. And that's when I met Aubrey, when I was, um, competing for Miss United States, I was Miss Texas at the time. And so I got introduced to him and the whole Onnit family went into fighting from there. Cause I wanted something to really challenge me and challenge the societal norm of what a beauty pageant winner is supposed to be like. Um, and that was really fun. That was such a fun experience for me. Also terrifying because I did a bunch of jujitsu tournaments. I took a boxing fight and it was just awesome. Um, and got hired for glory kickboxing. And I just traveled the world, became really close friends with my uh, co-host there. And it was, it was probably the most fun I've had just because we were traveling everywhere every month talking about one of my favorite sports with two of my best friends. (laughs) So it was very fun, but simultaneously, you know, Aubrey and I were in this very public open relationship. Um, and it was, you know, trying to navigate that. We didn't have a big community when we first started, we're just kind of blindly going out and trying to figure it out by ourselves, which is, as you probably know, very challenging, um, not having that roadmap. So, but we decided to be really public about it because we wanted to show people that there are other relationships out there that you can have that if, you know, the, the structure of monogamy or the conventional idea of monogamy doesn't fit for you, or it feels really, really tough or, you know, whatever it is that there are other relationships that, that you can absolutely have and create. So that's why we decided to put it out there and just share the ups and downs of what we were going through. And I would like, as you said, you're getting a lot of questions about it. 
same with us. We were getting so many questions like, how does this work? What does it look like? What are the conversations that you're having? Are you still friends? Are you not friends? Is it better? You know, there's so many ways that so many questions surrounding that topic. And I've always been really interested in how humans relate. Um, and so I just said, you know what? This is really what I want to do. And I had this one pivotal moment when I was interviewing the world champion live on ESPN in Madison Square Garden. And I was in ring and I was holding the microphone. And I remember hearing like, why are you telling his story when you have a story to tell? Just like it just popped in my head. Intuition, you know, maybe it was a message from the divine, the universe, whatever. But regardless, it was like a, oh crap. I got to quit my job. <laughs> and from there, I, you know, two weeks later, I quit my job and went full on into love, sex and relationship coaching and opened coaching through that. Mm. <laughs> that's a big, that's a big jump. I, I can only imagine because this whole coming out as a sex, love and relationship coach or coming into this field. I'm from the deep South in Louisiana. I also did pageants growing up. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mine were a little different and very niche for the festival circuit of Louisiana, which okay, yeah. is the, the 59th Plaquemines Parish Fair and Orange Festival Queen, Ooh, girl. <laughs> which, which might as well have been Miss USA for my town. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but anyway, I'm from deep South Texas. So we got the small ones down there too. And it's like, yes, it's so much fun. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And so coming out as, you know, I'm, I not only have I been living this life that none of you have known, but now I'm going to be fully out in the open about it. I'm going to blog about it and I'm going to talk to people publicly about it. And I'm going to showcase all of that. So I'm curious about that, you know, you coming out and talking publicly about that. What was that like for like the people in your personal life and then stepping into the coaching aspect of it? It was, it was just as it was a journey for me, it was a journey for them. Um, but for me, it's, it's, you know, my family, when I was growing up, always, they always told me, my dad, my mom always told me, oh, Whitney's going to do what she wants to do. Mm -hmm. That's just how I was. You know, I, I just wanted that. And I've always carried that with me. And so I knew that this is what I wanted to do. I definitely had some fear and resistance of like, how am I going to be judged? Am I even good enough to be doing this? You know? Um, but then it just, you know, I, I'm, I'm over three years into it now and it just feels so right. And I know that I still get judgment. You know, I, I, I realize that. But for me, what was so important was the fact that I wasn't just doing it for myself. But when I particularly talk about open relationships, when I was going through the, the challenge of that. I wasn't just doing it for myself. If I was doing it for myself, to be honest, I probably wouldn't have kept with it. But mm -hmm. I was doing it for you know, obviously I was getting a lot from it, but also to, to help the collective and to like help humanity see a different perspective. Um, and so for me, there, that was my why that was like a bigger, there was a bigger reason to it. So anytime I had that, Oh my God, what is this person going to think about me? Thought it was, it was, well, that that's just me being selfish, you know, like step into your fear because this is not only going to be great for you, but no telling how many people this is going to either change their mind or give them a different perspective or support them in the times where no one else is doing that for them. Yeah, absolutely. It's like for every one critical comment or message or something, you have 10, 20, a hundred people right behind them saying, 
what you just shared changed my life. Yeah. Yeah. And that was always a very beautiful point of reflection for me to say like, okay, when things do get overwhelming, when I do get a bunch of hate or when someone just completely misinterprets what I'm saying, it's the, no, no, no. Think about who you're really helping. Remember the positive aspects that are coming out of this and, and anchor into that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I can only imagine, and I'm, I'm sure I have been there at times where, well, I'll, I'll actually, I'll give an example. I work with a lot of sex coaches who are wanting to develop their business and all of that. And there's sometimes this like fear, this imposter syndrome, and there's a difference between this like fear and imposter syndrome and resistance. And you actually just don't know all the things that you need to know in order to do this job really well, (laughs) two two different things. (laughs) Um, but having someone perfectly qualified and so trained and amazing at what they do, but the fear of being judged because what gives me the right to be a relationship coach, if I'm currently going through a divorce that has come up for me, um, I would say a couple of times throughout the journey when those relationships wound up ending. And then I found myself in this weird in-between space and I wasn't do, I wasn't really dating and then also wasn't having sex. Like, how could I be a sex coach if I'm currently, I don't have any partners. I like, well, I don't know. Um, how can I help people with alternative relationships if I now transition into a monogamous container and just like all of this kind of inner chatter. And so, um, I'm curious for you, uh, transitioning, you know, having the relationship transition and then being immersed in it. Cause that's like another, another part of it is there were times where for me personally, I was going out of something and it was painful or I wasn't experiencing maybe the sex that I wanted to, or I wasn't having the love that I wanted to. And then I was just like surrounded by people in their shit too. And yeah. so the feels of am I, you know, I, I, it would be time for me to do my content for the week or something like that. And I'm just like, I have nothing to tell these people. Like I just want to run away. So I'm curious how the, the transition from like being in this very open kind of relationship and very public through that process, what were some of the, the, some of the stuff that came up for you through that and how did it play out into what you do? Yeah, it was, you know, it was a challenge for sure. Cause I can completely resonate with what you're saying. It's there was so at times there was so much pain, particularly when we were going through, you know, I mean, uh, in the open relationship, there's ups and downs and, you know, you're working towards that. But when I transitioned to the relationship and we were these, you know, pillars for the unconventional relationship community, people were looking at us and they're like, Oh, we'll see. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. I just knew it, you know? And So it was, it was hard to go through my own process and my own grief and also know that other people felt, I don't know what the term would be, maybe slighted or they felt lost because we couldn't make it, quote unquote. You know what I mean? We weren't successful in their eyes. Um, And so that was really challenging. But I went through a period to where it was, I was creatively constipated. Like I just could not, I couldn't write. As you said, I didn't know what I should be saying. I didn't know how to feel or what to do. And, but then I also realized like, that's exactly what makes me a good coach that right there. And same for you. That's exactly what made you a great coach is figuring out I'm not having the sex that I want right now, but I'm a sex coach. So how does that work? Those are the moments that make you a really good coach from an experiential standpoint 
because you get to speak from that experience. And most of the time, people aren't going to float through life like everything is wonderful and awesome. We're going to go through the crap. And I want to be with somebody who's going to go through the crap with me and says like, hey, by the way, these are the lessons that I learned from that. And I feel like this is what could help you. And so when I shifted my mindset during the breakup of uh, to, okay, this is, this is the good juju. Like this is the juice that I need to be sharing more of because I know that it's supportive. And I know that almost everybody is going to go through a breakup. So how can I share my experience in a way that is, that is, I'm almost their friend, you know, and just say like, Hey, this is what I'm going through. Totally sucks. Yet five minutes ago, I was super happy right now. I'm on the ground crying out. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get up. Everything sucks. Wait a minute. I'm happy again. You know, it's like this whole process. And that's really what, what shifted it for me was realizing, okay, this is this right here is really what I need to be fully experiencing if I want to be, you know, live my passion as a love, sex and relationship coach in a way that I feel is nourishing um, for people. Mm, absolutely. It's a different kind of boxing ring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I was even, you know, I would go through, I would still train some and I realized like, wow, physical pain, I can take physical pain way better than I can take emotional pain. You know, I'm like, we'll fight. You can punch me in the face. I'll punch you back, but I still get to go home and like, I'm happy again, you know, but it's like that deep ache that stays with you from the emotional pain that you really have to dive into. Oh my gosh. Yes. And I, I said that in so many words before we got on, uh, for the recording. And I was like, people really love, I think people really love to learn with someone who's been in it. You know, that's 10, 15, 20, maybe however long further in their journey and has experienced some that can just say, Hey, I'm still close enough to what you're going through to feel with you. Absolutely. And we're going to take a couple of twists and turns just up ahead, but you're going to be better for it and your life will forever change. And so I love that. You know, I have one of my Actually, Bryn was a client of mine who's my oh. um, executive assistant now, project manager. She's downstairs working. <laughs> and um, I'm obsessed with her. I love her so much. She's currently, she, I think it was last week, signed divorce papers. And she is my right hand lady in coaching. And she's one that I've actually done a podcast episode with her. I was like, what is this like stepping into this? And, and she's like, you know, what gives me the right to take up this space if I am currently going through this thing? And I'm like, that's the reason you're extra qualified. (laughs) No, you've got some tools, you've got some training under your belt belt and you've been in it. So extra qualified. So the thing is like with her, with me, you know, with many other people in the world that are going to go through the shit, they don't have to do it as publicly as you did. And so, you know, breaking up in front of the entire world, can I, I can imagine is just like, the many, many other levels. That was very weird. Like people felt <laughs> vested in your success or whatever their idea or their projection of success was, right? Yeah. And it was also, you know what the, what the weirdest part of it was, was that you usually don't hear your ex's inner workings and thoughts and emotions about their new partner so soon afterwards. Like you don't get all of the you usually just don't hear that. Right. It's like, Oh, it's hush hush. No, you might get some information from your friends here and there. I'm like, no, it's just out there. It's just on social media for 
everybody to read about it, including myself, as I'm going through the breakup, it's like, wow, this is so weird. There were times where I was thinking to myself, I just have to laugh. Like Mm -hmm. at some point I just have to laugh because there was so much pain, but then it was just also like a funny spot to be in for me, you know? So I would, I give my, I would giggle about it too, which was a nice little reprieve. But yeah, it was, it was interesting to go through that in a public way because I wasn't, I guess, you know, we did a little bit, but not to that extent. So it was just really interesting. Yeah. I mean, thinking about it, I was like, you can laugh or you can cry or laugh some more, probably all of it. Definitely the whole gamut. So what, what would you say are some of the lessons that you've learned that will forever impact how you do relationships in the future through that process? I know that might be a big question. (laughs) Oh, I got it. Um, cause I have thought about this. I've had, you know, lots of time to think about it. <laughs> um, for me, I realized that I wasn't setting boundaries that felt nourishing and, and that felt stable to me. So I would look back at the relationship and I would just do what he wanted to do and just kind of say that I could handle it. Like, I know I can handle this. I'm not going to die. I can handle it. It's just an experience that I can do, but I would never fully voice how I felt or if I was really upset or if I wanted something to change or anything like that. And so, and that wasn't even just in my romantic relationships. That was across the board with, you know, coworkers to lovers, to friends, to anything and everything. And I feel like so many of us can relate to that Mm -hmm. to where we're not really speaking up for if we're hurt or if we want something different. So when we went through this, this transition, I reclaimed that within me and, you know, he really wanted to be friends immediately, like the next day and act like nothing happened or changed or shifted at all. And logically I can understand that the love is still there. I get that. But every other time I would have said, yeah, okay, fine. I'll do that. Like I'll put myself in that situation, even though I God for like every ounce of me doesn't want to be in that, but I'll do it. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm conscious enough. I'm evolved enough to be able to do that. Um, Mm -hmm. and I realized that that was, it was such a flip-flopped way to view it because if I'm really looking out for myself and if I'm really conscious enough, then it's me standing up for myself saying, you know what I really need for my own healing process is to not talk to you right now. And you may not like that, but that's okay. And I'm reclaiming my own power and my own sovereignty and not allowing you to dictate how I feel and the emotions that I have. It's like, what does Whitney really want? How do I heal from this place? And now moving forward in all relationships, I have to check in with myself and say like, okay, does this feel really in alignment with what I am or am I sacrificing myself Mm. to appease somebody else or make someone else more comfortable or make them happy? And this is where you get a standing ovation. (laughs) Thank you. I feel like (laughs) all the bitches in the back be like, yes, girl. Yes. (laughs) Thank you. Right. Wow. So I I have to ask, you know, with this whole, it was unconventional and you moved through it and you have all these lessons. Would you do it again? Yeah, girl, for sure. For sure. I'm, I'm, I'm the type of person that's, you know, right now I'm really enjoying like dating for the first Mm -hmm. time in a long time. Um, seeing what type of person I, how I show up in dates and, and doing that. Cause yeah, you do that in unconventional relationships, but not fully. You have to talk about it. You got to analyze it. 
got to do all of these things. And said, now it's again, who does Whitney want to go on a date with? And why do I want to go on a date with them? And I don't have to tell anybody where I'm going and when I'm, when I'm doing that. So right now I'm definitely enjoying that. I am interested in monogamy um, because of all of the lessons that I learned in the unconventional relationship, I feel as though I am a much better human being all around, but I will also be a much better, you know, monogamous partner at some point. Mm -hmm. Now, that being said, the relationship I do not want to be in is a relationship to where we can't discuss openly discuss the agreements of that monogamy agreement changing at some point that we may transition into an open relationship. We may transition into something else. I don't know, but that's, that's where I'm at. So it's, it's, I'm dating, I'm interested in monogamy, but I will definitely do unconventional again, if it feels right for me. So I'm, I'm open to it all. I love that so much that that was a little bit of the interesting kind of criticism. And I certainly at the time when I got into the relationship that I'm in, didn't have nearly as many eyes on me as I have now, or you have on you and your dating life, you know, so I'm very curious sometimes how vested people are and, you know, like what I do with my body parts and, you know, where my love is going Sure, you get that too. But, uh, like this like weird kind of interesting criticism where, I went into a relationship and by all accounts from the outside looking in, like, oh, she just went into, it was very open and public and public about the fact that I dated in that way and loved in that way openly. And then went into something that looked like, is this monogamy? Well, I thought you, like you were saying, were involved in that. Like I thought you, you know, and then there was like this weird kind of judgment where I felt like almost like, but we might open at some point, you know, or something like that. And like, this is a weird way to feel when I'm like in love with this person. And we're creating this, I call it my, my foundational relationship where anything and everything that we could imagine is available and an option. Mm -hmm. And we're really good with, you know, it looks and feels and operates like this monogamous kind of container at some times when that's what our relationship needs, you know, like, when family starts to happen and babies and all that, like we don't play then maybe, maybe we're like focusing on our little unit. And then maybe in a couple of years when kids need less and then there's more playing and there's more openness and uh, giving, I think space and grace for like our relationship, lots of people's relationship to actually evolve in the way that humans evolve, you know, and open and are curious. And if you get that partner, that's like, everything is available if we want it. Right. And, and we don't have to do it to like prove anything to anyone, certainly ourselves. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And that's like where the freedom comes from and the sovereignty. You don't feel stuck within that, you know? Um, and, and I think I get the same. I know when Aubrey transitioned into his monogamous, you know, relationship, there was a lot of questions about that. And it's like, maybe right now he wants to be monogamous. He's been with her for six months. I mean, we'll see what that's like in, I don't know, two years, three years, four years, whoever, whatever. Maybe you'll be monogamous forever. But it's just like you get to choose at what point do you want to be monogamous or not monogamous and anything in between of that, you know? Right. Um, so, it's, I mean, it's just like if relationships are fun and can be chaotic at the same time. But my number one thing is for people to realize that they can create whatever relationship that they want. and and at whatever certain point in their life that they want. And that's totally okay. And I will always be your biggest cheerleader, regardless if it's open, unconventional, monogamous, if both parties are fully 100% choosing it. 
Yeah, absolutely. And uh, a language, a piece that that I personally wound up changing, I don't know, maybe in the last couple of years was instead of having like people that I interacted with say that they are poly, say that they are practicing polyamory or they are, they do, you know, they're open. Your relationship is open right now. So that it gives that like space, the language I think makes a difference for some people where it gives them that space that they don't have to be like, this is now who you are forever. And this yeah. is now what your relationship is forever. As in, you sign the dotted line, you can never change. Yeah, you that's it. Change. <laughs> How dare you? Not well, yeah, it's not work out well for anyone. <laughs> How dare you? So something that I do not have on my little list of notes here to ask you about, which I would love to speaking of transitions, transition into talking a little bit more of the sex related stuff. Great. Uh, but I, so since moving to Austin, this is one of the greatest decisions for me personally, for Jordan and I in our relationship, we fucking love it here. Yeah. And, awesome. I love it here too. Lean yeah. And he, and he was from a cool place, San Diego and Cineas. That's where he was living. And I, New Orleans is a pretty dope city. I love New Orleans. But then we chose Austin and any, everything that I, I didn't even know was possible in friendship mm-hmm. and in connection and in community it just blew my fucking mind here. And something that you are also very public with is your friendships. And I imagine that there are people looking and, and I'm sure you've gotten these questions, like looking at your support system and looking at those close female bonds and friendships and how you navigate that space and think, I would love to have that. So I would love to just take, take a pause here. Cause I'm like, that's not really on my little show notes and I'm like, <laughs> going to ask those questions. But I know that there are people that probably look online and are like, I want friends and travel and love. And, you know, cause I imagine that the, your support squad, I'll just call them your support squad and the friendships and the people in your life were really supportive or helpful or there when you needed them through the whole transition, the coming out as the coach, the, the going into the unconventional relationship to transitioning out of. So what would you say are like some of the things that you admire about your friendships and the roles that they played? Yeah. You know, a lot of these girls have been friends of mine for one of them, Sarah, we were friends in high school. You know, I met her freshman year in high school and we're, I'm 31. She's 32 now. So we've had a very long friendship, a lot of like iterations of what that friendship looks like because we are obviously such different people than we were then. Um, and then another great girlfriend of mine was Aubrey's other partner in our polyamorous relationship. And they were together on and off for about five years. Um, another girlfriend of mine is his ex-fiance prior to before me. And so like, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of reasons as to why society says we shouldn't be friends and we should hate each other and we should compete with each other and we can't celebrate each other. When really it's like, no, I love them. I actually love them. And I think the reason why we've been able to, you know, have our friendships for so long is the fact that we have been forced to sit down and, and have those uncomfortable conversations and those vulnerable conversations and have been forced to evolve. And it's also like, look, if you don't want to be in this friendship, that's okay. Like, I totally support you. If it doesn't feel in alignment with you, I love you. Um, but if you do, these are some of the things that, you know, to be in this relationship, we got to have these conversations. We got to support each other through this. Um, and so it's been so amazing to have these friendships for me because they had, they're my backbone. 
Like, I don't know what I would do without them. Um, prior to being in an open relationship, I didn't have any girl girlfriends. I just didn't. I, I always felt really competitive with them growing up. There was, that was always just not something I thought I was like, I'm the guy's girl. You know, I hang out with all the guys, which I still am. I have tons of guy friends, but those relationships are completely different to my female relationships and then medicine that I get from my female relationships and why open relationship showed me that showed my, my insecurities and my competitiveness was because it was forced. I had to, I had to look at it and realize that if I kept with the competitive mindset, I was only creating more suffering for myself. And so I needed to go through it. I needed to see what was going on. And that's where I can now fully support my girls, like anything they have going on. I'm like, let's do this. Let's figure it out. I love you. You know, you have something you want to talk about, bring it up to me. If if there's any sort of resentment or issue you have with me, like feel free to bring it to me and let's sit down and talk about it and see where we can, you know, clear the air and start fresh. I feel like you constantly have to do that. You know, even in our friendships, it's, it's constant because they're very intimate relationships. They're very important. And a lot of the times you spend a lot of time together And so it's only inevitable for some issues to arise from time to time. And if we're not, you know, looking at that, then it only creates resentment, which only creates a wedge. I always say that resentment is the monster that eats love in your romantic relationships and in your interpersonal friendships too. So I, I mean, I have so much love for all of them because they've been along for the ride with me and it's been a ride that's for sure. But I could not change it. I would not change it for the world. Right. They're into it. The price, the price of admission for your ride worth every cent. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, all right, let's go. Let's do this. Yeah. I remember like, so we've been in Austin now two years. And when I, we first landed here, I was like, oh God, I have to prove to myself that I'm not running was what I told myself because I kept moving around a lot. I traveled for extensively for about six years. I lived on cruise ships. And so I was always moving around. And then when it came time to adult and put roots and attend to that root chakra of mine, that was very out of whack. (laughs) It's like, okay, we we choose Austin. And I was was like, okay, well, I'm going to show myself in Austin. I'm going to prove to myself that when I land here, it's, I'm not actually going to run. I'm not going to create the same environment that had me leave the last place, which is lack of community, lack of connection. All that's not supportive to my relationship, whatever it was. And I remember saying yes to so many female oriented networking events. And I was like, oh God, I dim. It was harder for me to go do that than it was to date. Yeah. I was like, this is a different, I'm fearful on a totally different level. And uh, thank goodness I I had like a moment, a star-crossed lover moment with one of my best friends now, like in my wedding status. It took only two years to like have the, those kinds of connections. And I'm just like, fuck, I fucking love you. And thank you. Like from the moment that we met, you said yes, you know, yeah. to this also crazy ride. And um, something that I, I have really appreciated and loved about being in close community that actually goes deep and does the work, like you said, airing out the grievances, airing out the resentment. I actually had a really deep conversation as a unit last night that was really fucking hard between a a group of friends. And we all admitted and shared like so much love. And it was like, this is what it takes in order to truly forge the relationship for us to evolve and to grow. And that's like in romantic partnerships necessary and in friendships necessary as well. 
though we did tell ourselves for a long time, we're just going to ride this high where we just dress up Burning Man style and take psychedelics and play and have great memories. And then, you know, that that's it. That's the extent of our really awesome relationship. And where it's never going to be this heavy thing where someone might need their out. Yeah. Or the group says, thank you. But this is not really a, this isn't resonant. Mm-hmm. You know, our connection, our relationship isn't resonant and that's fucking tough. And that's how you build forge those bonds. Um, I would say I play this role in, in friendships. It's like, I really want to make sure that all of my friends have great sex. I want to make sure that, that to the degree that you are having great sex and you are in it intimately with your partner and feel supported intimately, you know, sexual intimacy with your partner. I have this funny idea that how good you are there and how met you are there is how great of a friend you can be. And so (laughs) we be best friends. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Austin is teaching me how legit, how to be a great friend uh, and how not to rely on my skill set to be the thing that makes me a good friend. So like, if no one knows that I have all of this sex information fumbling around in my brain at any given time, and you are just being friends with me because you like me, like me, (laughs) you know, and I'm not going to flex and I'm like a good facilitator and I can hold great space. And, you know, it's like, what, what can I give you to be friends with if I don't rely on those, that skill set? But I have put my friends through all kinds of crazy like activities and all of that. And I really do feel strongly like I'm, I stand for you to have, to be fully expressed, to be fully expressed. And if you don't have the information, I want to give it to you. Oh, yes. um, for me, I, I so resonate with that too, of, of really being a fully expressed human. What does that look like? You know, if you're holding yourself back, you're not being fully expressed in, in, in your sex life, in your career, in your creative endeavors and your hobbies, like whatever it is, just how can we be the most us, the most me without the constraints of anything holding us back? Fuck yeah. So what would you say makes, it was a very big question. What do you think makes great sex? You know, someone asked me that the other day and it's, I feel like it's so, it's such a big question because there's mm-hmm. so much that goes into it. Um, and I also think great sex can be so different. Like it can be really connective and fun and like deep and intimate in that way. I'm also someone who believes in casual sex and I know some people don't believe in that. It's totally fine. But I also have had, wonderful casual sex. And I'm like, this is great. This is so much, so much fun, you know, and that it is, it, it is what it was. Um, and so I think it can just transition into so many areas, as long as you're like choosing it for yourself and you're like, yes, I am in, I am in to try the, to try this BDSM. I am in to have that casual sex. I am in to try Tantra. I am into whatever. And just like claiming that for yourself. I think if, if you can claim it, you can, I mean, there are no barriers to how much fun and awesome your sex life can be. Mm. Yeah, for sure. And definitely the mindset, like, are you doing it for you? Is this for you? And like being curious, like just get curious about sex doesn't have to be so heavy. You know, it's like, let's just try this on see how that feels. Maybe we won't do that again, but I really like that. I'm going to try that, you know? <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh, I'm not going to do that one again, but I did it for the story. And right, so exactly. it makes a great story. <laughs> and the story is way more entertaining than the actual thing going down. 
<laughs> I have a couple of those. So, um, I, so as a coach now and being in this space and helping people navigate their uncharted territories, uh, what would you say are some of the most common challenges people bring to you? I think jealousy is a big one. And when I talk about jealousy, they, a lot of people think that, oh my God, we can't feel jealous. And they feel ashamed for feeling jealous and then they hate it. And it's like, jealousy is going to be a part of our lives. Just is, that's okay. And it's not like, okay, we can't be jealous because that's a toxic emotion and it's terrible. It's like, no, jealousy is going to show up. So when it shows up, what's the best way to work through it? How can we learn from that jealousy to use it to strengthen ourselves and our relationship as opposed to be a detriment or a weight to that? So that's a really big one. I think creating um, boundaries and agreements that feel really stable with who you are and what you want and not agreeing to something just because your partner wants to agree to it. Um, that's a real, obviously that was my, one of my biggest lessons through the transition. So I think that's a really big one. What do we do when boundaries are overstepped? How do we communicate that with each other? What do we do when we need to shift those? Um, those are probably two of the biggest ones that constantly show up and, you know, just honoring yourself like really trusting what you want for your life and allowing yourself to have that. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's just that that's, that's a really, really big one. I think for a lot of people, but particularly for women. For sure. And then the question of what do you want? I have been paralyzed by that at times. So that means if you go, if you, if somebody that you love or that you want to be intimate with, Maybe you've just met them and they're like, they're so ready to please. And they say, well, what do you want? Right. And you're like trapped, <laughs> like frozen. Like, I don't know. I'll do whatever you say. They're totally doing it when they're not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. It's like, oh, I'll just have what you want, please. Thanks. And yeah. then, yeah. you know, so on a deeper level, that means getting to know yourself. And that mm -hmm. can be so scary for so many yeah. people. Getting to know yourself and knowing, getting to know yourself, knowing that what you want is really important and then, and then expressing it, right? Because we have to learn it. We want to know that it's really important, but also it's like the next step of that is using your voice and bringing that out and putting it out into the world to say, this is important enough for me to express it to you. Mm. Fuck yeah. So the work you do matters, wit and love. Ah. Thank you. You know, because that's helping people to do that. And I think that that's something that I want to shout from the rooftops too, is everyone listening. You don't have to do it alone. Like you, this shit is fucking hard and nobody gives, you know, if, especially if you grew up in, well, certainly if you grew up in the South, like I did and you know, Winnie too, but in the in America at large, yeah, a lot of the world, you were not told just how important of a role all of this was going to play in your life. I still haven't used the Pythagorean theorem. I still have not used any of the shit I learned about all the animals in biology. Like I, I still haven't used the majority of the stuff that I learned growing up, but this is so important and it plays such a role. Like when there's something off hormonally, sexually, desire wise in the relationship, it can fuck up all the other things in life that are not connected to sex specifically or connected to a relationship specifically. And you don't have to do it alone. There's people like Whitney out there, like this show, her show, so many resources, so many people that can help you move through it. 
and you don't have to suffer. And I mean, unless you want to, and you certainly don't have to do it alone. Cause there were times in my journey where I'm like, Oh, clearly you were indulging in that suffering, (laughs) you know, cause that can make you feel alive. Mm -hmm. And that, I mean, in fact, like don't do it alone. Okay. (laughs) I, in both, probably both of us, but I did it alone. And I, that was that person. I'm going to figure it out on my own. I don't need any help. I don't need any support from anybody. Even going into the open relationship, we're doing it alone. And it, like you said, it just creates so much more suffering in my life than seeking for help and realizing that, okay, I deserve help. And I am going to use the money or the resources, the time or the energy to get that for myself because it's going to transform how I show up in my career, how I show up in my relationships, how I show up in my friendships. It has so much to it. And to touch on your point too about, unfortunately, we haven't been able to learn this stuff. We don't get that in our schooling. I just posted on Instagram a few days ago. I was like, I, I, some, I often wonder how different I would be in my relationships if instead of taking AP calculus or some shit that I don't know anything about still to this day, um, they gave me a course in conflict resolution or setting boundaries or pleasure, or maybe, I don't know, here's a thought, accurate sexual education. (laughs) You know, it would be just so, it's just interesting to think about those things. Right. Well, that's how we have jobs now. Yeah. You know, (laughs) because it doesn't seem like, it doesn't seem like that system is going to change anytime soon. So personal missions to help the people who are bringing in the next generation, because if it's up to the parents to give this information, but the parents, what did they get from their parents was much less. Yeah. I, I did a podcast with my mom and I yeah. said, do you remember the talk that we had? And she was like, what talk? I was like, exactly. There was no <laughs> talk. You asked me if I knew about a period. And I was like, let's not do this. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And like, that was the extent of the parent doing the sex talk. So we get to, to transform that for people. It's like what they get to pass down to the next generation. It's fucking priceless. So yeah. anyway, speaking of uh, resources and things that could help people who are looking to evolve, move a little further on their journey, gain perspective, do some introspection, do some growing, have some orgasms, all the above. I would love a couple of your favorite resources. And if you want to round us out with a little bit of how people, if they hear you and are like, fuck yeah, that's exactly the person who's lived the life. They're further along on the journey. I want to learn from her. How can they do that? So a few of your favorite resources and how to work with you. Yeah. So a couple of my favorite resources off the top of my head. I mean, I, I love my podcast one <laughs> true sex and wild love that I have with Dr. Wednesday Martin, super informa- informational, but outside of that, we're talking about pleasure and sex. Kenneth play you guys, I cannot stress this enough. He's changed my sex life and like changed my partner's sex life too. check him out. You can see him on Pornhub. He also has his own website. I'm not affiliated with him. I don't have a link or anything like that. I'm just saying it's amazing. <laughs> I. Yes, it is my number one thing that I say on shows too. Whenever I get asked that question, like, well, here's a couple of books, but if you haven't seen Kenneth Play stuff, you have to know Kenneth Play stuff. I am affiliated with Kenneth Play. I shout him from the rooftops too. And I actually last week recorded with him. 
(laughs) I love that. That's so great. Yeah. He, he is amazing. And I'm coming out with a um, four month relationship mentorship. And then the next round of it, you guys will be able to apply for. And he is coming on to host a workshop. So he's doing like a two hour workshop for everybody who's in the, in the course. And then he takes his like, he used to be a personal trainer. And so he takes his fitness regimen into pleasure. And so that's what the workshop will be all about. So you get, it's basically like a how to by Kenneth play, which I cannot stress to you how amazing that is going to be. Yeah. Well, I mean, he does the work that like for me personally, I will never do that. Yeah. I thank you for giving me that resource because I have a vulva puppet, Yeah, you know, I'm like, here is the things and you do this thing in the vulva puppet. Mm -hmm. He's like, here's a vulva. Right. And here's the education. And I'm like half like geeking out half. I need to go get my vibrator and self-pleasure right now because I'm just like turned on while I'm also learning. We love it too. So yeah, it's awesome. Can't, can't trust that enough. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah. So you guys can sign up for the mentorship. You can check out my website, wittenlove.com for more information there. And then I'm usually very active on Instagram, which is just wit the letter N love on Instagram and and connect with me, send me DMS. I always love to stay in contact with as many people as I possibly can. Yeah. Uh, Whitney, thank you. This was a dynamic conversation. So much realness, so much goodness. Thank you. Thank you for the work that you do in the world. Thank you for living the life fully so that you could now shine super bright and help so many people on their journeys as well. I'm super appreciative of you taking your time and sharing some of your life and your wisdom with our audience. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you loved it, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And if you extra, extra loved it, make sure to leave a five-star review. I'll see y'all next week.